Welcome to MuggleCast 418. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. And I'm Pat. And we're joined by Pat, my boyfriend this week. Uh, look at this. We're all together, though. Micah's here in Chicago. Well, you're looking at me like this is news to you or something. No, it's just I don't normally see you <laughs> sitting right in front of me. Is this the face you always make when I say, hey, Micah? Yeah, always. <laughs> So, Michael, why are you? Well, I guess you don't. You don't want to talk about that. But Mike, Michael was in town for work. That's yeah, what you say. Okay, yeah, good. We just posted a picture of you, though. It kind of reveals your job. Oh. Should we worry about that? No. Okay. It's gone in what twenty-four hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody, quick, go log on. By the time they hear this podcast, yeah, the photo will be gone. From That's Mikey's true. Story. That's true. Um, so you're here. We're at my place. Very nice place, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You like all my Harry Potter stuff? All your Bruce stuff. Yes, yes. yes. We just pretend it's all your Harry family. Potter. Yes, my family. <laughs> I walk in and the first thing you say is, look up on the wall over here to your left. It's pictures of my family and I'm expecting to see like, like your mom, your sister, your nephew. It's all Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Uh, Brooklyn couldn't be more excited to see me. I think he's asleep. Yeah, he is asleep. He is asleep. That was that was Pat and I. We lulled him to sleep. We were sort of petting him very gently, gently, gently. yeah, before before recording. So um, we thought, you know, obviously Laura's not here, but we thought. Oh, I thought that was going to be the big surprise. <laughs> Laura's Laura's gone two weeks now. She's actually fired. No, um, and we're off next week. We are off next week. So it'll be like a month without her. Yeah, Laura's got a nice break, doesn't she? Um. But so we wanted to record together because it doesn't happen too often where we're actually all together, or at least the majority of us. So um, we we aren't going to do chapter by chapter this week. We're going to talk about Wizarding World Digital, a new website and uh, potentially paid service that is going to be launching in the months ahead. And obviously, it's already caused controversy. So we wanted to talk about it. Eric's got strong feelings. Yes, he. Yeah. Yeah, did you read that article? I did. Oh, yeah. Like in the Uber Over? Or... No, like when you wrote it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the support. Yeah. Being a good friend. No, I was joking about the document. But yeah, anyway, um, I do have strong feelings about it. Yeah, well, so we'll talk about that. And I mean, the site is already launched. And I think it brings up inter- inter- interesting questions about what lies ahead for the Wizarding World franchise and the fans and what we would actually want out of a paid service. So, so um, wizardingworld.com is live now. We kind of spoke about this last week. Um, parts of Pottermore have moved over. The Sorting Hat, the Patronus Quiz, what else, What other quizzes? I guess the Ilvermorning Quiz are now on wizardingworld.com because we all now get wizarding passports. And what you do when you go to wizardingworld.com, you can connect your Pottermore accounts and get all that information carried over. I did that, I thought. It only had my house. It didn't have my wands, so I had to take the wand quiz again, and it didn't have my Patronus. Maybe that was with a different Pottermore account? I don't know. Yeah, that's possible. But you get this passport, and the passport, um, we don't really know what it does yet. I mean, it's like a JPEG, right? It's like a square JPEG that says I am, and it lists four attributes that are in total who you are as a Harry Potter fan. And it's colored your Hogwarts house. Hogwarts house. Yeah. Which is Gryffindor, by the way, now. I'm back to... Uh, oh, go, yeah. So tell us about this. Like, so I, I, you were talking about you can sign in with your Pottermore account, but I guess I missed it, or I went to wizardingworld.com, 
And I, I saw there was a sign-in button, but I thought that's if you have a Wizarding World account. What I need is to create a Wizarding World account from my Pottermore account. So I clicked Create New. And I guess I missed where you just hook up your Pottermore. So I took the sorting quiz again, and I had to. And, and I actually, I was surprised to get Gryffindor. Yeah. After years of being in the wild. Yeah. Uh, as, as, a, as a puff. See, I'm... this just proves that they sort too early, like they always said. <laughs> How about that? What do you think of that, Eric? Maybe that you did sort too early, and now... I was reading too much into it. I was like, oh, am I, like, just bolder than I used? Like, when I... when I, I took Because I took the Pottermore quiz for Hufflepuff probably six or seven years ago, and I was mm-hmm. like, was I just, like, going through a timid phase? Like, mm-hmm. what's going on? But I, uh, people were very upset when I posted on on social media that I'm back to being a Gryffindor because they were very happy to count me among their their ranks. Oh, Hufflepuffs, well. so, yeah. So I've I've actually declared that I'm going to do like a, a, a split my days like Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays. I'll be a Hufflepuff <laughs> uh-huh. Monday, Tuesday. So yeah, it, it it'll work out. But so you know, today's Saturday. So what are you today? Uh, the House of Awesome, I guess. Guys, <laughs> yes. We're all we're all the House of Awesome when we do yeah. our recording. The red shirt suggests. You know, MuggleCast made this shirt. We've yet to do a yellow shirt for MuggleCast. Yeah, I guess I guess we have. So that's so that's one issue with this. So some people like you weren't were asked to take the Hogwarts house test again. I wasn't. Pat, you got the house. You your house was already connected, right? Yeah, everything from Pottermore went over perfectly fine for me. Your wand and you just everything. did it, Micah. Same thing. Yeah, no issue. Everything came over except I didn't know how to create the passport. Right, Eric had to do that. Michael was like an old man ten minutes ago. Like, being like, how do I operate this thing? <laughs> the social media guru over here asked me how to do it. I'm happy to help. Uh, well, so and like Eric, a lot of people took the quiz and got different results. And this happened the last time Pottermore relaunched the Sorting Hat quiz, yeah. and we spoke about this a while back. The original house quiz was tied to a house competition on Pottermore.com. I theorized. I think other people did too, but. I wrote an article about it on Hypable, so I'll take credit for it. Yeah. Uh, that they were purpose, they, you weren't getting your real house on that original sorting hat quiz because they wanted the houses to all have an equal number of students. There's no way it just happened to work out where all four houses were basically balanced on Pottermore.com. No way. So they, then they released this new sorting hat quiz where no point system is tied to it, no competition is tied to it, then people started getting different results. Yeah, because it wasn't, they weren't trying to balance out the four houses. Now there's this, you could argue, third sorting hat quiz. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the same. Was it the same one? Did it seem like the same one? It you? reminded me a lot. It, it was very similar. Some of the same questions. What I did as soon as I got Gryffindor again, I went to this quotev.com. I Googled it because I knew that some other website, some third party on original Pottermore, pulled all their questions mm. to give to do like a sorting quiz that was like authentic once pottermore first replaced their original one somebody went back and got all the questions and mined them mm-hmm. so there's this place quotev where if you just google original pottermore sorting quiz you can take the sorting quiz it's not flash but they have little screenshots of all the little flash screens and stuff that makes me really like mm. nostalgic about like um you know do you choose forest or river or yeah and the other. weird ads though. It is a bit weird ads, actually. <laughs> anyway, this is what a jeweler's store. Anyway, if you take this, but I took this and then I got Ravenclaw. Yeah. Which I have never in my life been sorted on Ravenclaw. So yeah. I don't know what, you know, I, I think what this means, my takeaway, this whole sorting thing, having to redo it again. You're the you're the house that you feel you are in your heart. Yeah. 
Well, I just feel like they this better be the last time that they try to push us around to different quizzes or different websites. Like this is it. Keep us here because a lot of money rides on this Hogwarts house stuff. I mean, we all buy the merchandise. Yeah. And if you're if you spend I, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility for somebody to spend hundreds of dollars on house stuff. Absolutely. You know, with all the stuff that they sell today, Vans shoes were just announced, bed sheets, you know, yeah. probably paint is around the corner, wall paints, get Gryffindor red wall paint. I mean, and then, so if you get all this stuff, assuming you're a Gryffindor because of one Pottermore quiz, then you take another Pottermore quiz and it tells you you're not another house. What the, is there a refund for all this house merchandise that I bought? There's, Free exchanges? Yeah, there, that should be in the refund policy. Oh, my God. I mean, come on. Well, if you join Wizarding World Gold, they'll refund it. <laughs> oh, my God. That, that was we got so much feedback that was like, well, I guess I have to change everything about my uh, apartment now. Yeah, like right. The Hufflepuff lampshades and the Hufflepuff vans. Yeah, the- I feel bad for – I legit feel bad for people. The thing is, I think you were saying this a minute ago, though, that you – Whatever house you want to be, that's the house you're in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm trying yeah. you'll stick to it because if you stick to it, you'll you'll it'll last longer than anything JK Rowling puts out. Which that's the one thing I did want to ask, sort of a question on this. This is probably the least canon sorting quiz, right? That you could possibly do because it's wizardingworld.com. It's a partnership between Warner Brothers and uh Pottermore. Mm-hmm. That's not JK Rowling. Like mm-hmm. the first Pottermore quiz, that was J.K. Rowling. She's like, I came up with this as on her mm-hmm. site. You live here now. Mm-hmm. This is the thing. This strikes me as being anybody who doesn't want to take it or wants to import their own. I, I'm totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just saying, take this with a grain of salt. Yeah. So so this is the only thing that exists on Pottermore.com or sorry, WizardingWorld.com now. So you, you log in via your Pottermore account or you create a new account. You can take the Sorting Hat quiz and all these other quizzes. Then you get this digital passport. Passport. And this kind of cracks us up because, as everybody knows, we've been doing this fandom ID on MuggleCast with our Patreon guests. And it's basically the fandom ID. It's like, you know, you pick some of your favorite things and you get it printed on a digital card. So it says, like, I am Ravenclaw, Sectumsempra, uh, the Blind Pig, and Horcruxes. You would you would be Sectumsempra and Horcruxes, you evil man. <laughs> I actually I put I selected lavender brown on mine because I was hoping it would like give me more lavender brown info, but unfortunately it did not. Yeah. Oh well. Um, so any thoughts on this wizarding passport? What do I do with it? That's the big question. We you all know. Share you. it. You share it on Facebook and Twitter, and it drives more people to the new wizardingworld.com. <laughs> so, so the thing about it that I was like. A little upset with is I wish you were able to type in what you wanted, but instead the website just gives you a list of characters. Mm-hmm. So the chance of your character, your favorite one, not being on it, I mean, is small, but there are enough characters in the book series that your favorite might not be in the list. So then you just have to settle for someone else. Right, right. Yeah, Pat and I were both saying we both wanted Florian Fortescue's ice cream parlor as our favorite place in the Wizarding World. And it wasn't on the list. Yeah. So... My thinking with this is that you will, the Wizarding, so WizardingWorld.com, they're talking about how this is like the future of the Wizarding World franchise. They're, I think they're putting their ducks in the row for what lies ahead in terms of products that they're making and stuff. I, I, my hope is that the Wizarding Passport is going to be your one login for everything Wizarding World. Pottermore, Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery, Harry Potter Wizards Unite. And what I'm praying for is that now that we've, they, we have our Wizarding Passport with our Hogwarts house. Whenever we log in to, say, Wizards Unite, it will automatically know our Hogwarts house. We're not going to have to take a quiz again, you know? Oh, it's yeah. just our house is carried with us wherever we go. 
I don't know what else though there could be. Like maybe you connect your wizarding passport to your ticket at Universal and they know what, you know, there's some cool yeah. things they could potentially do. Sorting live experience. I, right. I think, I think it, there is like an upward like limit to what they could do. Mm -hmm. I think this is very much setting the, setting the board for the future. They only announced wizardingworld.com like a week ago, right? Two weeks ago. It was news on yeah. last MuggleCast and now it's live. Right. I got to say, the one thing I never thought would leave Pottermore, though, is the sorting quiz. Yeah. I mean, that's why we were all excited about it originally. Well, they were talking about listicles leaving, and I'm like, good riddance. Like, that's that's totally <laughs> fine. Same. To take the sorting quiz, you've just, like, gutted Pottermore. Mm -hmm. Has mm -hmm. anybody gone on Pottermore since the Wizarding World has launched? Like, I haven't gone on Pottermore since you couldn't go through the story anymore. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, I hope they're all right. Like, if it loads, like, <laughs> it loads. Them. It loads. They added a new link at the top for JK Rowling's writing. So that maybe that's a hint of where it's going. Like JK Rowling's writing is going to remain on Pottermore. Yeah. But Wizarding World again, it's going to be like wizardingworld.com is going to be the portal to everything Wizarding World. Yeah. I don't know. They say a lot more is coming soon. Yeah. But then so now let's talk about the the drama Wizarding World Gold. Now Eric Mugonat had gotten marketing materials promoting somehow they got somehow Somehow, do you know the truth? You don't have to tell no, us. No, no, just... gen uh, genuinely, I don't know how this came about. I was very surprised to see the article listed and listed as an exclusive. That mm -hmm. was something that MuggleNet got, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, good for us, occasionally, you know, we, for when we can. Now, J.K. Rowling hates you. But yeah, yeah, yeah now I mean, there's a big target, <laughs> on her, target on her head. Um, but no, and, and it's this, this news that uh, they are considering, among other things, a paid premium tier service so harry potter fans will be able to pay then now there's no price point associated with this but there will be i assume monthly but a, a subscription to to get premium access and and some of the details that mugglenet did receive exclusively were things like priority access to tickets to cursed child special gatherings in the existing wizarding world theme parks um and a couple others. Experience, it says, experience upcoming games, exclusive offers at real-life Wizarding World locations, plus so much more. Yeah, and like a contest that you can uh, enter to basically win cool exclusives, I guess, either from the set of the Wizarding World. I don't know. It just, it rubbed me kind of the wrong way. Yeah. You'll also get your house-themed, personalized, and fully interactive journal, a collectible gold key pin, and an exclusive print of J.K. Rowling's original sketch of Hogwarts. Have we seen that before? There were, uh, somebody asked me about this today, actually. There were two sketches that J.K. Rowling herself drew of Hogwarts, and we got a question about which one it would be. Mm. I didn't know if this was uh, maybe a third one that we haven't seen before. Because yeah. here's the thing, have we seen it before? The biggest thing writing on Wizarding World Gold, for me, is content that we've never had before. Right, right. Because we already, I mean, we've been in the fandom... 17 years, 18 years, some some people 23 years. What could Wizarding World Gold, this premium tier service, possibly offer us that we don't already have? Right. Well, that's what I want to ask you guys. Like, does this seem like something you would pay for? No. <laughs> <laughs> if it was less than $20 a month, maybe. Oh my, it can't be $20 a I month. I know it won't Nobody be. could afford it. Or that. if I they're not gonna do it because WB's involved with it, but if they were to say that all the proceeds are going to go towards some sort of charity or something like everything, Lumos, maybe yeah. right. That like, cause 
Joe does that for all of her stuff now, basically. It all goes towards something. So if they were to say that all the proceeds from this were going to go towards something, I might be a little more inclined. But otherwise, no. They're coming for us, too, you guys. Additional features include an original video and podcast series. But nobody wants to pay for podcasts unless you just want to pay for the extra content. Right. And nobody wants an officially sanctioned podcast where you, you know, you can't talk crap about wizardingworld.com like we are right now. What's oh, the fun? If it you would can't... be like the Pottermore Insider podcast. It would be like, well, <laughs> some news came out. We may or may not be able to confirm that this right, occurred. Yeah, uh, I can't say anything negative. Yeah. The big news that came out of the announcement originally, though, was that no jobs were lost at Pottermore. So they have actually just sort of reshifted things. Mm-hmm. But it's just so early and it's so shocking. Um I just do want to point out, you guys mentioned I wrote an article. I wrote an article saying it's the wrong time to monetize the Harry Potter fandom. And just talking about, you know, a couple of key concepts, things that came to mind right away. I actually got angrier the more I was researching and writing it. Uh, it I've never been like so just like angry writing a a piece before. But I think that uh, it just, you know, has in the thoughts that we're talking about. Like, Mm -hmm. what could they offer? And Somebody on Twitter, I'll, I'll, I'll credit them maybe in the show notes if I can, but they tweeted like, if the Weasleys can't afford something, mm-hmm. heads up Warner Brothers, it's probably a good idea that you don't do it because people will be excluded mm-hmm. um, and people will ultimately not be able to justify the payment, even if they're big Harry Potter fans. It, it creates a situation of haves and have nots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'll play a little bit of devil's advocate to that, um, just in the sense that not everybody has the ability to go see Cursed Child to begin with. Not everybody has the ability to go to Orlando to go to the Wizarding World. Not everybody has the ability to go to London to go to the studio tour. There are things just by their nature that are exclusionary. It doesn't mean it's right, but a lot of what has been created already is somewhat limited for mm-hmm. people to be able to experience. That's fair. Yeah, going off of that, I think that there are tr- they know that those things are exclusive. So they're trying to use this to bring in all of those people that can't go to London or go to Florida, all that. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. I just, the selling points that they have right now, priority access to Curse child, you can get Curse child tickets. You you're going to have to buy them now and wait a year, but you can get the tickets, uh, you know, special things at wizarding world parks. Like, I don't know that, do you think maybe the celebration of Harry Potter, which they canceled this year, maybe it'll come back in full force, but it'll only be for Wizarding Gold. Oh, God, could you imagine? That'd be awful. So that's the type of thing, like this is maybe getting ahead a little bit in the discussion, but that's the type of thing I would happily pay for. Fans will happily pay for, like a yearly convention, like Star Wars Celebration or Celebration of Harry Potter. That's a great experience. Why not launch something like that first? Bring back Celebration of Harry Potter and maybe, maybe they are. Maybe this is a part of it. They're just not ready to announce it. They're kind of rebooting the whole thing. And yeah, uh, we haven't gotten a call yet, though. I mean, they should include us in whatever official convention they do. Do you think <laughs> they took a look around, though, and started seeing the way that even, you know, podcasts about Harry Potter have become monetized in some respects and said, hey, why aren't we in this game? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they got jealous of our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they do have a, a digital strategy team, a team of digital strategy. And there's an article from, I think it's Forbes or somebody that points them out. It's linked in the MuggleNet article. But there's a whole team of people that are, are scraping around. They're like, what can we possibly, how, what avenues is Harry Potter currently not in? And officially, there is no official representation for, for uh, you know, on a podcast specifically. And mm-hmm. and that's an area that, yes, they're absolutely exploring. And so I think that is 
you know, who knows what that looks like. I, I can't wait to meet our competition, our future. <laughs> our future you <laughs> no, know. you know what? It's not competition, though, because the thing we're not ashamed or, you know, we're very proud of our Patreon because this is a fan on fan experience. Yeah. The problem with Wizarding World Gold is that they don't need the money. They have book sales every second of the day. They have movie sales every second of the day. Mer merchandise on merchandise. Whereas, you know, we do a Patreon to fund the show, period. That's our source of income. Yes, we have some advertising from time to time as well. But that's it. You know what I mean? A lot of people look at WizardingWorld.com and they're Wizarding World Gold and they're like, what? Do you really need more money? Yeah. You don't. <laughs> it's, it's very much, it isn't jiving with people... Because the nature of, you know, J.K. Rowling's rags to riches story that started this whole fandom. And it's just, that uh, you know, I go into a bookstore every uh, couple months and there's a new Harry Potter cover for the entire series is a new cover. Because yeah. they want, and people like us that are like, oh, we're big Harry Potter fans. We feel guilt to collect the new cover of a book mm -hmm. we already have. Poor That's, Potter collector. I he know. just can't, that poor can't be released. But I, I just feel like, uh, too, like they mentioned the ebooks would be available on Wizarding World. Uh, and I'm just like, I already have those. I have yeah. the audiobooks. Stephen Fry and Jim Dale. I have, you know, because I paid for them mm -hmm. already. So it's kind of late in the game to give us, unless there's going to be really like brand new, brand new content that exists. It probably won't incentivize me. So I'm looking yeah. forward to covering it mm -hmm. as it comes out. I'm hitting pause on today's episode to tell you about a sponsor we have this week, Scentbird. Have you ever had someone come up to you and say, you smell amazing? <laughs> it's a great feeling. Whatever scent you may be wearing, you have good taste and you know what you like. But your great taste is also expensive and you end up with a shelf full of half-used bottles. Or you've been wearing the same one cologne you were gifted years ago because going out to buy a new one is a hassle. With Scentbird, I have found a way to have great taste without breaking the bank. Whether it's Versace, Gucci, or Dolce & Gabbana, Scentbird.com keeps me smelling good month after month. What I love about cologne is it makes you memorable. It makes an impression on people that you're meeting, and it's a good impression. It's one of those signs that you take care of yourself. <laughs> but I'm also not someone who needs cologne often. But when I need it, I need it! And I don't want to pay the high prices. So Scentbird lets me pick from more than 450 designer brands with sizes that last for a few months. Each bottle includes 120 sprays. That's a lot. And we all know that a little goes a long way. And if you're like me, you're not a cologne or perfume expert. You just know what smells good. Scentbird lets you sort colognes and perfumes by brand, occasion, season, style. And they even have a true scent quiz so you can get personalized recommendations. I love this. This is the way to get a variety of cologne or perfume options without paying high prices and making these huge commitments. And with an exclusive offer just for our listeners, you can get 50% off your first month today. That's only $7.50 for your first fragrance. That is such a great deal. Go to scentbird.com mugglecast and use our code mugglecast for 50% off your first month. Again, that's S-C-E-N-T bird.com slash mugglecast for you to try your first cologne or perfume for just $7.50. Sign on and smell amazing. You are going to love this because the convenience and the help that they give you is just fantastic. Thank you, Scentbird. So when this came out, um, they spoke to Leaky Cauldron. Yes. They said, screw MuggleNet, we're going to Leaky. <laughs> they said, uh, some spokesperson for Wizarding World Maybe Neil Blair, J.K. Rowling's uh, 
personal manager or whatever. Maybe. Uh, Wizarding World Digital are working on a broad range of new digital experiences, all of which are at different stages of research and development. As announced last week, the new venture will make our content and experience accessible to the broadest possible audience. We're working hard creating a range of products that we hope will surprise and delight fans. While one of those explores a premium concept, the vast majority of the experience in development the vast majority, sorry, I'm drinking a glass of wine right now. The vast majority of the experiences in development are free. So it sounds like a lot is coming, which is exciting. Also good for us, stuff to discuss. Yeah, their statement remains, make Harry Potter accessible to as many people as we possibly can. That's what they say. What would you guys pay for, for a Wizarding World gold? Like what, what would it take? $20 a month. You but like, what do you they mean? give you twenty dollars a month? No, like that's what I would pay to get. Oh, you seriously to... would pay that much? Yes, that's more than Netflix. That's more than Hulu. That's because it's Harry CBS Potter. But what would you want in return? Right? Yeah. What do you want out of it? I don't know. It just depends what they'll give me, I guess. They're but twenty dollars would be my cap. Hey, Warner Brothers, if you're listening to this, Pat will absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of our listeners said something you would probably like. Uh, so we asked on Twitter, "What would you like out of Wizarding World Gold?" Uh, Maritier, M-A-R-I-T-E-R-E, said unlimited energy for Hogwarts mystery. Oh, that's a tie-in product. (laughs) If there ever was one. How much money have you spent on energy? Nothing. I have not spent a single dime on the game. Spend $20 a month on it. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently you've got that that budgeted for Harry Potter. Um, I made a joke on Twitter, but I, I actually think this would be a thing. With all this sorting kerfluffle now, and it's getting further and further away from J.K. Rowling, I said I would join Wizarding World Gold for a 10-minute, like, face-to-face, maybe even over FaceTime, whatever, meeting with J.K. Rowling where she meets me, talks to me for 10 minutes, and then sorts me. Mm-hmm. I want a personalized, I want J.K. Rowling to sort me into a hot You'd have to pay like $1,000 a month to get that. I, I know, it's gold. It's gold. It was world gold. Yeah. But that's what I want. And then, you know, this identity crisis that so many of us are having mm-hmm. will be over. I don't even know if I could do that. I'd probably like pee myself if I saw her, even through FaceTime. I'd be like, oh, Patrick, hey. She'd be like, Patrick, that's such a Ravenclaw trait. But that would be amazing if that was a thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that would never happen. Yeah, do, you, do you think that's the type of content, though? Exclusive content from J.K. Rowling, from actors from the series? I feel like that would be a problem, wouldn't it? Because, you know, they want to make everything open to everybody. And J.K. Rowling, that would hugely be a problem because she's all about the charity, like you said. Right. She's got her own charity now. She doesn't right. even need to give the comic relief. The last time she gave us Fantastic Beasts, Quidditch through the Ages, it all went to charity mm-hmm. as books. That was her deal for doing additional content. Now there's Pottermore. But the actors, absolutely. This is Warner Brothers, let's not forget. And so they have exclusive access to the actors of these films and the director and the producer. So anybody behind the movie is completely fair game. Mm-hmm. And I think you will get uh, a lot of content that's just from those guys. Well, yeah. and the thing too, in today's internet age, if you're a part of this gold membership, somebody is going to take whatever is released within five yep. minutes. It's going to be available for the world. Yep. So. <laughs> and no, well, yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, it will. It will. With a fandom this big, you know, with right. like MuggleCast, we don't have to worry about it because we're just MuggleCast. We're not, you know, some massive thing. But leaks happen all the time. You think of pirated movies. Yeah. You know, tons of pirated content. Game of Thrones. Out there. Game of Thrones, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, some some of our clips are going to be available within 10 minutes and who knows how long they'll last, but people will find ways to make them be on the internet forever. Like a dark web for uh, Wizarding World Gold content. Basically. Does anyone here pay for a monthly like fan subscription service? I give to millennials Patreon. Yeah, you don't you don't pledge to the MuggleCast one, but you again you have this twenty dollars budgeted for he's on the show sign what does up. he need to <laughs> he has all the access he, he needs he you what, 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 get patreon anytime he wants <laughs> i am patreon <laughs> yeah no. i bought you breakfast this morning there you go yeah, yeah. there you go yeah. go get me dinner too right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. besides supporting other patrons uh and myself too like um I yeah, I think that's about it. Well, because I'm thinking like Disney, they have a, a club called D23, and you get there's it's like a quarterly magazine. They have special events in the parks. I'm trying to I, I'm not a member, so I don't know what else you really get. You might get like a physical item every year. I think they just have one. It was like an ex, ex, like yesterday. It was like an exclusive after hours event in the park. Free yeah. popcorn, free ice cream. Right, right. So I guess event. that could be something Wizarding World Gold does. You after hours event at the Wizarding World, but in, in addition to paying for Wizarding World Gold, you're gonna have to get yourself down to Universal and a hotel. And, and then you know, again, yeah. we've been doing after hours events at the Wizarding World for nine years. Right. The first one, Infinitus 2010, they offered us that. And I could the see them putting hours. a total like kibosh to all that though and make it so that you have to pay you know to what to get that. Yeah. I now. think they have. Because I, I think some fan conventions have tried to do these after-hour events, and Universal did put the kibosh on it. You can still pay uh, for Diagon Alley. I think it's fifty thousand dollars a night for a corporate event. You can host corporate events, mm. but like, but like the fan conventions, oh, fans, like, like yeah. Con or Muggle kind of MuggleNet. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think it'll be tiered? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Wizarding World Gold, Wizarding what, World Sapphire. What do we think it's realistically going to cost every month? Do you think 20 bucks? I think it'll probably be more than that. It'll that, be like 100 No way. Well, maybe $100 a year. Right. A month? Are you crazy? I don't know. They're, you never know with WB involved. They're not going to do more than Disney Plus's price point. They can't. They <laughs> yeah. can never survive. Disney Plus is offering literally everything Disney Plus is offering mm-hmm. for $7.99 a month. But you're not going to get exclusive Less. content on Disney Plus. Like that kind of thing. Well, well it's like, exclude, the, this is being said, like you're right? gonna get the extra content and all that kind of stuff. But where Disney Plus, half of it had already exists. I mean, a lot of it, yeah, there are gonna be special shows and everything. But if they're only gonna charge ten dollars a month or something for Wizarding Gold, I don't know. I think, I I think I think they might do. They might charge yearly, not monthly. If it's anything, because I think like the Disney one, I feel like that, not Disney Plus, but D23, I feel like Mm -hmm. that's monthly. Or sorry, yearly. So, you know, I think we've seen with our Patreon, the sweet spot's five bucks a month. But I'm going to guess $100 like a year. Yeah. Andrew, you said this could be a good thing for the fandom. You thought it would really like bring, bridge the gap of the three-year gap between movies as well? Oh, no, no, no. So I don't think it's a good thing for the fandom. I think it's a good thing for their pocketbooks okay. <laughs> just because because i think are you referring to in the facebook group i think I said yeah something. I, think, I think i i saw a comment but i, I thought you two like p- definitely people were speculating about does this mean a harry potter tv show is coming like will there be more in between film stuff that the wizarding world gold gives us access to see i feel like so if they put 
an exclusive Harry Potter fictional TV show on here, that would be incredible, of course. But would they really stick just a, one show on a platform? Because Warner Brothers is working on their own streamer, so I feel like that, you know, yeah, would be point. it. Yeah. So, yeah, I because a couple of people, listeners, did say maybe it will be that. Maybe, it, you know, will be a TV show or something, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I think, yeah, that would be on the WB streaming service before mm-hmm. anything exclusively on here. Which you already have, you have to pay for as well, right? Which, yeah. Right, you, you got to pay, pay for, for that as well. So, yeah, I don't know. And nothing's it, free. They have to have a plan in place, though. It's not just like they're saying, hey, we're going to do this. They, they have a content plan in place. They have oh. a strategy in place. It's just a matter of whether or not. Well, and the fact that we don't know the price yet, we don't know everything actually included because we haven't had an official release. The post on Muggle Night kind of caught them with their fans down a little bit. Well, so that's what I'm wondering. Like, did they talk to fans about this? Like, we've brought this up on the show before. They need, like, a fan panel. Oh, yeah, like like, like a focus group. Focus group, right. Yeah. 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 R&D, you know, it's a big thing. You you research and you develop ideas based on what people are feeling in those panels. And I feel like this maybe hasn't been kicked around with anybody yet. They need a group of people, have us from MuggleCast, <laughs> some other podcast, you know, make a we'll, sign we'll an NDA. We're telling them how we feel. Yeah, we're telling we, them how they feel for free, right? Now. And then we'll accidentally reel what we sat in on at these uh, focus panels. One of our monthly giveaways on Patreon to be a <laughs> subscription to Wizard <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but I feel like I feel like they should be talking to the fans about this. In a way, the MuggleNet leak is a good thing for them because they can test the waters and see how people are reacting. Now they know how people are feeling about this, and it's not that great. So maybe they'll go back to the drawing board and they'll add a couple of interesting benefits to this. Yeah, yeah for sure. So there's no timetable at all on when this is going to be. Doesn't released. seem like it. The WizardingWorld.com teases like you know lots of stuff coming soon, lots of stuff coming soon, but who knows when? I would assume it is soon-ish now that WizardingWorld.com is live. Maybe over the summer. I feel like it ties into Wizards. Un- well, no, maybe not because Wizard Wizards Unite is already in beta in Australia and New Zealand, and nobody was signing in with their Wizarding passport. Well, Warner Brothers now own like there's something called the Harry Potter Global Franchise Team, and they have control of everything. They have control of the entire brand. They have the. Don't studio- you have a shirt for that? Of what? The what? Global franchise. Yeah. Oh, Globus Monday? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, I that's sweater. a different thing. Yeah. But speaking of travel agencies, Globus Monday is where you get your passport. If right. If you're a wizard. <laughs> so I'm surprised they didn't just call this GlobusMonday.com. I saw somebody mention that. Like, maybe this is how Globus Monday <laughs> ties in. I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. Um, yeah. So, yeah. that's uh, Any other thoughts on Wizarding Gold? I think Wizarding World Gold. I can't I, wait. Generally, I'm not very comfortable with them doing this. Look, based on what was in those marketing materials, there's not enough there yet. Not even the gold pin sways you. No. And you're then you're you're putting fans on tiers. Like you got the gold tier. You got the gold fans. You can wear it around proudly. Yeah, the ones who can like, show up. You're off. a true fan because you're a part of this. Yeah, exactly. It's like uh, Meanwhile, when you started off with the locked door on JK Rowling's site, every single it was a humbling experience. Every single person even you'd read the books or just seen the movies was on that website clicking yep. for the title of the next Harry Potter book. Right. I would say, I think one thing that would be cool because we all know Disney is opening their star Wars interactive hotel. If you got prime access to the inevitable 
universal interactive Harry Potter hotel, then I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. In Geneva or Switzerland or <laughs> no, in Orlando. <laughs> no, in yeah. Orlando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably what this is for, stuff like that. Priority access to forthcoming, you know. It's, yeah, it just feels like since the corporations have taken over conventions, since the corporations have taken over the news cycle and taken over the, it just feels a little dirtier. Like Disney just feels mm-hmm. like it owns too much and other other sites just, they're, they're flexing their, their ownership. Mm-hmm. And so this merger, this t- complete takeover of Pottermore and, and transfer to Wizarding World where they took the sorting quiz, literally the heart and soul of Pottermore and put it on their website instead. Mm-hmm. That, I, I just feel like they, they eviscerated Pottermore. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I can't help but feel that we should play some music for it. <laughs> it's gone. I mean, I do remember when Pottermore first came out, you guys did harp on the name. So maybe there was something where it's probably, I mean, it's the exact same web developers and company. Maybe they're just moving away from the name Pottermore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A remnant of a bygone era. Yeah. Well, the timing, that's what I wanted to talk about. There's a lot of negative feedback to this, obviously, but do you think it has anything to do with the fact that we're coming off of Crimes of Grindelwald where people weren't happy with that movie? The third movie just got delayed. Mm-hmm. People aren't happy with that, or maybe they are, depending upon what they felt about the writing of the second film. But there's a lot of negativity going on here. Yeah. And so to get this breaking news story that Eric mentioned MuggleNet kind of catching WB with their pants down. Mm-hmm. And hey, we're going to charge fans for exclusive content. We're like, <laughs> well, that was my point in my article. I said, give us good content first. Yeah. Like, like we aren't, I don't think Warner Brothers is in good enough spirits with the fandom to start right. asking for even $10 a month. Now, past right. an exception, I, I find today at <laughs> Not just 10 o'clock, a month. I found, yeah, that, that you pay twice as much. But I'm saying, like, I, I think that it, there needs to be a goodwill gesture whether it's in the form of content or, or something that is good, but is free right before they really officially announce this whole paid tier subscription crap. Yeah. Yeah. Give us an example of a, like a low level content that you would give so that we know that any content that you're paying for is going to be better than this example you're giving. Mm -hmm. Well, and look, there are some bright spots coming up the Hagrid ride. I'm sure it's going to be really good. It'll be great. There was that leaked RPG that looks really good. Assuming yeah. that's real, that should be awesome. Hope maybe that'll tie in with the Wizarding Passport. Uh, you know, they're taking their time on Fantastic Beasts three. It sucks that we have to wait that long, but hopefully that'll mean the movie's really good. And the good news with this is that they seem to be working on a lot of stuff right now, and like that's good for the fandom, potentially. Yeah, <laughs> potentially. Yeah, definitely. And then we're not being forced to pay for any of this. So it's yes, it's it's still (laughs) pretty good. Yeah. Hey, y'all, Laura here, just popping in to share a quick word from one of our sponsors, Third Love. Third Love is the company that is making the most comfortable bras out there. They have more sizes than other brands because they offer more than 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. I've actually been wearing Third Love's bras for a year at this point and can attest that the Fit Finder quiz is on point and can even help you realize that you may have been wearing the wrong size for years. That's because Third Love helps you identify your breast shape and size and find styles that fit your body. Over 12 million women have taken the Fit Finder quiz to date, and it's actually fun and takes less than a minute to complete. 
I wasn't kidding before when I said third love takes breast shape into account. Determining your unique shape is an integral part of finding the best fit for you. And if all else fails, third love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. As if that wasn't enough, this is hands down the most comfortable bra you'll ever own. They're lightweight, have straps that won't slip, and tabless labels, so no itching. Plus, they have super thin memory foam cups that mold to your shape and are proprietary to Third Love. I personally own five of the 24-7 Perfect Coverage Bras and two of the Seamless Lounge Bras, and these are must-have staples. It wasn't until I put one of these on for the first time that it dawned on me that bras should feel flexible and soft enough to be barely there, but simultaneously supportive enough to feel comfortable in my day-to-day. This brand is also size-inclusive, and I love how they model their bras on women of various shapes, sizes, ages, and backgrounds. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering listeners of MuggleCast 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash MuggleCast now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash MuggleCast for 15% off today. And now back to the show. All right. Well, so we wanted to focus on that at the top of the show here, but then we also have a bunch of feedback. Um concerning the past few episodes. Yeah, the mailbag has been growing, you guys. <laughs> I'm happy to lead too and just kind of... Uh, read the emails? Yeah, yeah, read, yeah. read these off. Well, we can go back and forth or whatever, but uh, we actually had a question. I know we get this often, but I actually didn't even know the answer to it. But uh, uh, Eleanor... Sorry, let me write this in. Yeah, it's Eleanor. Yeah, Eleanor M. sent in a, an email to us, and it was mostly in defense of Snape, so I'm not going to read it. Um, but it was really, really good. It was a really good one about uh, him being a hero in the end. But she asked us at the end of it, any chance of a WhatsApp number uh, or similar for non-U.S. listeners to send in voicemails? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, if you sign up for MuggleCast Gold, you will have access to that. <laughs> but I'm saying we can do this, right? Yeah, because we it- can create a WhatsApp or or maybe a Skype account. Yeah, we well, use a Google Voice number. That's why it's a U.S. number. So it's, but somebody can't message us on Google right now. No. Well, I mean, well, I mean, anybody around the world could call it. You're just going to be paying. For the, for the local number, for like the U.S. To to call internationally. Okay. That's what I had, because when we used to run off Skype, if you had a Skype account, you could just, and everybody worldwide can have a free Skype account. Yeah. So that was my question. Yeah. With Google Voice, it is very specifically, it's. Yeah. Could you just record a voice memo and email it? Yeah, they could do that too. Yeah. We'll figure that out. Yeah. In the meantime, let's that'll be the international solution. Is international listeners send us your lovely accents by an MP3 file to <laughs> at gmail.com. Yeah, didn't WhatsApp just get hacked? Maybe. They're owned by they, Facebook yeah. though now. I don't really like Facebook. Yeah, but we'll, everybody uses WhatsApp. We'll look into a, a voice option for sure. Um, and uh, next we got uh, an actual where they listen to MuggleCast update from Ryan N. Uh, he replied, like your listener who listens during mass spec stuff, that's shorthand, mass spectrometer. Mm. We had that listener write in earlier. He, Ryan says, I also sometimes listen while doing science. I do theoretical physics, which at times involves coding big calculations impossible for humans to do by hand. It's nice to have something to keep me entertained while working. In this image, there has to be a way to like pull it up on the phone more. But he's got like data, data graphs, and it's, it looks really, really impressive. 
we love hearing how y'all listen to us wherever you are because uh everybody's got a different scenario yeah yeah for sure uh did we want to dip our foot into politics here oh boy um you know why not oh oh we're drinking (laughs) (laughs) michael what are you drinking i'm drinking a Simpler times, lager beer, courtesy uh, of Trader Joe's. Simpler times before premium fandom experiences <laughs> That's right. were in our lives. Uh, okay, well, this email, first one comes from Anouise, Uh And she says, hi, MuggleCast. I'm frustrated with myself for being three months behind on MuggleCast because I definitely have something to say. I was just listening to episode 404, and I was thinking I should thank you for using your platform to speak truth to political issues. I was thinking about dropping a line to ask if you had ever received criticism for doing so. Yes. (laughs) Then the very next episode, you recounted that someone complained. You've probably seen this research before, but I was reminded of a 2014 study that found correlations between reading the Harry Potter series and reduced prejudice among readership. I firmly believe that your commentary is fulfilling J.K. Rowling's intention for the morality she wished to teach children. For me, it's not about Trump. It's about the shared opportunity we had as a community of fans to learn from the series and be better humans, albeit muggles. You all are continuing that work by having discussions that investigate the moral lessons on display in the Wizarding World. It makes me proud to be a listener and a patron. Please don't stop. Well, thank you, Anais. 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 Yeah, I have heard. Like geese. Ah, so that's yeah, it I says mean. it right there. Duh. <laughs> Again, this wine. It's really getting to me. Um, Keep drinking. <laughs> Costco wine, Trader Joe's beer, beer. We got all the cheap alcohol tonight. <laughs> Nothing premium. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I've seen these studies as well before about uh, how Harry Potter, um, you know, there's a link between Harry Potter and reduced prejudice because of the lessons that J.K. Rowling teaches in these books. I mean, yeah, it makes you more empathetic of a person. Mm-hmm. You have the ability to see all sides of a of an issue. a situation yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i think uh you know we haven't quite discussed on this podcast before about uh the future of chapter by chapter but i have a feeling since we never finished book five that may be on the radar and book five is really the book where harry goes up directly against the government so i don't i don't think politics is going completely away from this show that said we know that some people who are and who, differ, who have different points of view uh don't love when we dive into that so we're keeping that in mind as well yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely for sure. We love all of you. It doesn't matter. It's true. That's the lesson, though, isn't it? Ah, yes, Micah. Tolerance, empathy. Yes. That whole thing. Tolerance of all. Do you want to read the? Sure. Next uh, email comes from Danny Rue, all the way from New Zealand, about Rita's book. Say, hey, team. While finishing my sixth reread of the series, I came to a realization. In the first book, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is introduced. And in the last book, The Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore by Rita Skeeter is introduced. It is written that The Life and Lies will go into detail about Dumbledore's past and on the relationship between Dumbledore and Grindelwald. This made me relate the movie adaptation of Fantastic Beasts to Rita Skeeter's book. And I find it interesting that two books from opposite ends of the Potter series intertwine in the movie adaptations of Fantastic Beasts. Perhaps The Life and Lies would have done well as its own movie adaptation. (laughs) I would love to hear everyone's thoughts on the matter. I've been a big fan of the show for three years. Not very long, but considering I'm 17, it's a decent amount of time for me. I always listen to MuggleCast while doing my schoolwork, and it makes it much more interesting 
don't worry, I'm an art student, so I spend most of my days drawing. <laughs> I'm not missing out on any lectures. <laughs> nice. And again, that's from Danny in Thanks, New Zealand. Danny. You know, that is such a good point. How cool, how hyped would we have all been if we had learned that J.K. Rowling was adapting the life and lives of Albus Dumbledore? Yeah, we'd have exclusively gay Albus content. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but so Fantastic Beasts start when we started, you know, there's plenty of episodes of MuggleCast on this where we were like, okay, cool, we're into it, but where could this go for three or five movies? And then as information started coming out about the first Fantastic Beast movie, we realized, okay, yes, it's about Dumbledore, kind of. And then by Fantastic Beast 2, we were like, oh, it's all about Dumbledore. Yeah. Now it seems like that's, you know, it's going to be, it's all about Dumbledore and Grindelwald and Newt and company might, you know, are going to be pushed to the wings. So life and lies of Albus Dumbledore, my God, that would have been so intriguing for people, I think. Yeah, I think that's what the Fantastic Beast series is just turning into, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's kind of the point, too. Yeah, somehow by way of Fantastic Beast, we uh, this book, this tangential peripheral book in Harry Potter's world, we've come all the way to the other book in harry potter's world this life and lies thing yeah so that was really what was it what what if like you know fantastic beast 3 the life and lies of albus dumbledore oh you know God. that'd be crazy that would... you want to get people to a movie that's how you do it <laughs> because the aurelius dumble thing dumbledore thing could be a lie oh yeah it could, not, it could be a lie dumbledore yeah to newt were we making predictions about fantastic beast titles at one point and i was saying i think i said something one of them has to be have dumbledore in it yeah, well, you don't we have it. that person looking into all the things we said in previous episodes? Yes. This week, Kim. 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 We're going to get that update this week, by the way. Yeah, we're going to have some exciting news there it's, shortly. It's going to be amazing. Uh, Andrew, I thought you might want to take this email about security at Hogwarts. Ah, yes, my Dude. favorite topic. <laughs> so this is from Davis. He says, I'm a fairly new listener to your podcast and I'm greatly enjoying it so far. Hearing other Harry Potter nerds talk about the books is so cool. As I was listening to one of your older podcasts, the topic of House Elf Apparition was brought up. So here's my question. Dumbledore insists throughout the books that Hogwarts is supposedly impenetrable, that it is almost impossible for someone on the outside to break in. But since house elves can apparate in and out of Hogwarts, is it possible for a house elf to bring a person inside of the castle by side-along apparition? If this is possible, do you think that Dumbledore has some sort of protection set up against this? Or is that even possible? I don't know. I mean, that's something we probably have to Google. I think that this is something that, I mean, kind of goes deeper into the fandom of how wizards treat creatures. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of the people who set up any of the safeguards at Hogwarts, including Dumbledore, probably don't appreciate the full impact that creature magic can have. So they just think, well, if it can come in and out, fine. It's not going to do any harm to the school because it's just a creature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the house elves need to be able to apparate at Hogwarts to do their job because they're clean. They're apparating in, in and out of common rooms, picking up dirty laundry, presumably washing it. Um, but the house elves all at Hogwarts are loyal to Hogwarts, which they, so I, I don't think you'd get a house elf that's like willingly bringing, say, like the Death Eaters in. Um, but a lot of Death Eaters have house elves. Uh, right, those old pureblood families kind of have because book two, Dobby was coming in and out of the castle to bewitch the the um uh the bludger, the, yeah, the bludger, and to try to do all the other stuff to Harry. So in Deathly Hollows, 
Harry asks Dobby, you can disapparate out of the cellar, he asks Dobby, who nodded, his ears flapping, and you can take humans with you? Oh my god, that's like a nail in the coffin. Yeah, but they didn't go to Hogwarts, though. It wasn't in Hogwarts, no. But that would suggest that... It, it proves that house elves can side along apparate with right. humans. Right. But you would think Dumbledore may have thought that through a little bit, if house elves... Yeah, maybe that a human, just a human can't pop out of nowhere, like, mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. Maybe he gets lynched. You wouldn't want to try it. Or maybe it's just a plot hole. But, you know, if J.K. Rowling was looking at all this information, I think she would maybe say, no, they can't bring humans in and out. And, uh, Pat, do you see this email about uh, good horcruxes you want to read? Sure. This is also an Andrew thing. but <laughs> <laughs> So this one comes from Marie in Germany. Uh, she says, about your horcrux discussion from a week before and concerning Andrew's idea, in quotes, that having a horcrux would not be that bad. My question is, can you create a horcrux by murdering someone who does not want to live? Like really old people that retire to hospice and are ready to face death. That way you would create your own without becoming a a ruthless killer, but also would that still damage your soul? I still do not think that I would like one, but I would love to hear your opinion on that. That's pretty awful to think about. So we're euthanizing. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah, It's like assisted suicide, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Would that split the soul? I think so. Why not? Killing someone. Yeah. Someone's still dying. Yeah. That's probably, yeah. You're ending a life. You're ending a sentient life. Now, Marie says that uh, German's not her, or English isn't her native language, but I'm still confused why she put Andrew's idea in quotes as if like it's not legitimate it was a very legitimate idea Marie. i was very serious oh andrew wants one yeah I mean, andrew absolutely is like i brought up that i wanted to kill micah micah is sleeping in my place tonight <laughs> you better lock that door i'm search put brooklyn the- outside <laughs> just be sure to sign all the album art for our patrons before you do it, before you do it. and search the house for guns we are not legal here in illinois but indiana go for it Uh, so okay so we got some uh, feedback from our recent chapter by chapter discussions not too much of it but you know it's good to include on this episode I started with the most recent chapter feedback the cave this comes from Katie R she says dear MuggleCast you guys were talking this past episode about how lucky Harry was that none of the other Horcruxes were as dang difficult to get to as the one in the cave and if I'm being honest Deathly Hallows was a huge letdown for me because all the remaining Horcruxes are basically not hidden by magic at all. Like, why did Voldemort put so many magical protections around the locket, but then just throws the cup into a Gringotts vault? Presumably the ring was tricky to find, too, but nothing seems to have been as protected as the locket. What Mm. gives? Is it a storytelling thing? Like, J.K. Rowling just didn't have time to write a bunch of the cave scenes? That could be it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a let down in that there was so much protection in the cave or for this horcrux and then you know the other ones are easier to find i could see it also being a part of like Voldemort knew or actually finally felt kind of at home being in slytherin and since it was slytherin's locket maybe he just really wanted to be like this is the first essence of me feeling like home i want to protect this the most like maybe in a one human aspect that dumbledore or that Voldemort could have had. Mike mentioned it was his mother's locket too. Mm-hmm. Period of time. Yeah. I mean, we know that he didn't 
feel love in any capacity, but that still doesn't right. mean he couldn't have had respect for her or some sort of feelings towards her um, that made her lock it important to keep that way. I mean, the Green Dots vault, though, let's be real. That's not like it's just out in the open. No. <laughs> right. It's no cakewalk. There's okay. a dragon down there. <laughs> so, There's enchantments yeah. on the rest of the treasure in it that'll burn and multiply. Yeah, I do disagree with Katie that there's that the other ones are not hidden by magic at all. They're definitely hidden by magic that like Harry has an in for and definitely knows how right, he's like gonna, the like, room of requirement. Like the room of requirement. Like, okay, we've been in there, we we spent a whole year of school in there, we know how to get in there, so that's not scary. But it's not that they're not hidden by magic, it's just right. that Harry has the in. And you have to figure out the right way to get right. to that version of the room. I mean, Gringotts is where all the wizards in the world store their money. Like, it has to be safe. And it took a lot of detective work to find all those workers. I mean, the locket was in plain sight at one point. The diadem was in plain sight at one point. And, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, sometimes they say the hardest things to find are the things right in front of you, right? Right. <laughs> and, like, the diary. The diary was just sitting in Malfoy's house forever. Until he finally like snuck it to Ginny, where I mean he didn't even know that it was a horror crux, so mm -hmm. that could have ended up at a Goodwill somewhere in all of reality. Yeah, check your local Goodwills, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Best place to hide a horror crux. Andrew, do you want to read this one from Monica G? Sure. Uh, I actually found out about this podcast while trying to find something to listen to at work earlier this year. Just stumbled upon it. Might stumbled upon it in my recommended list. The graphic art just caught my eye. We love hearing that because that was one of our goals with our new album art. I just finished listening to your recent podcast about the cave and I have some thoughts about Dumbledore and his fate. There's this term called surge when describing terminally ill patients where they have this surge of energy and essentially get a lot better before they get a lot worse, typically signaling that death is approaching. The scene that describes Dumbledore as being calm and then jumping into the water to perform this perfect Perfect breaststroke made me think about this. He knows he will have to die a, ter a terminal fate. But to your point about comparing it to an adre adrenaline rush, I think it just heightens his knowledge and ability to perform this next level magic. After all, we see how effective having a certain mindset can change the performance of an individual, aka Ron and the Felix Felicis. Here's to know what you all think. Thanks for creating this podcast. Y'all are amazing. Oh. Thank you, Monica, and welcome to the show. A lot of new listeners this episode. I love I love hearing from new listeners. People who were three years old when we started this. <laughs> <sighs> Don't remind me. You know, my birthday's coming up next week. Another you year. all have gifts for me? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, I like this theory a lot. Yeah, I saw you nodding, Pat, when I was reading it. You know about I, the surge? I, I, I've heard about the surge. Um, I think that is a very accurate thing that happens. I would consider that the surge happens post-cave, but I really like the idea. That's a really good point, because Dumbledore is still lucid and, and cognizant and, and baiting of Draco and all the Death Eaters yes. in the next chapter. Yeah. Um, and he becomes, he does get very calm. He's able to communicate with Harry in a very, like, level tone and able to actually control himself, even though he can feel himself dying basically. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And his spell holds till the end, I think. The whole keeping Harry in place so he doesn't react negatively yeah. to the whole experience. His body bind. Body bind. 
after this, we are going to have a team building exercise because we're here in Chicago, right on Lake Michigan. We're going to try to all see who can get the best perfect breaststroke. Well, I'm glad the rain stopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah the but lake the lake is still like 50 degrees. Yeah, I'm not part, about to jump in there. That's part of the challenge. You're going to be the judge. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. You just tell everybody with me. It's cool. I bet Brooklyn wins. <laughs> Brooklyn wins. Yeah. Doggy, doggy paddle. Doggy, doggy <laughs> uh, all right. Well, moving back. Uh, Two chapters, actually. So before the cave and before the seer overheard, we're going back to Sectum Sempra. This is an email from Sandra from Michigan. Subject is Draco Cries, Harry and Ginny Bone. So naturally, I had to include this. <laughs> uh, Sandra says, or Sandra, I listen to the podcast around the house with my kids around, uh-oh, often with headphones, but sometimes not. As a result, my five-year-old knows so much Harry Potter language already even though she is too young for the books yet. I catch her saying muggle or naming her dolls Harry sometimes. Also, as a result, though, I might miss some things. I could be mistaken, but I believe you did not really discuss the fact that Draco is crying in the bathroom. You mentioned it, but I was surprised that there was no discussion. I remember when I read this book for the first time being so surprised and tearing up myself to imagine Draco being so upset and so vulnerable just crying alone in the bathroom because he's so stressed and just in over his head. Seeing that Draco is always putting on such a tough front, I think that this is such an important scene and great insight into Draco's character, mm. true character. Um, I also want to chime in on the Harry Ginny romance discussion. I also remember reading this for the first time, kind of going back to see if I had accidentally skipped over something. It definitely reads like it's out of left field and leaves the reader wondering what the hell this, quote, dream romance is. I heard someone say that maybe they don't really have this amazing connection, but perhaps they feel like they do because they had sex. Even though this is funny, it actually makes sense. Sometimes teenagers do this and don't actually have good conversations or communication skills with one another, but they think they are so connected with someone because it's their first physical intimacy. Well, you kind of are. And I don't, you know, this is a discussion for another episode, but I don't think there's uh, any sex going on. I definitely books. agree. I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't. Um, in terms of Draco crying in the bathroom, yeah, I don't think we touched on you know feeling bad for him too much. I think we all on the panel are kind of hating on Draco week to week because of what he is up to. Understandably so. Yeah. It is sad though. It is sad that he's you know he's in this terrible position right now. He's being punished by Voldemort because of his of of his dad's missteps in Order of the Phoenix. And this is a child who has to kill one of the greatest wizards of all time. I mean, this is not an easy task. I yeah. would run away. I think a part of it, too, is that the wizarding world is very known to be, like, name-heavy. And the Malfoy name is kind of on the line with Draco. So I think he just has so much pressure yeah. from his family. And just knowing that his dad's a major dick, even though he is in jail right now in the series, he's got to get his family's name back in the good graces of the wizarding world. Yeah, that's a good point. He probably was brought up his whole life, like Malfoy name son. Right, and he's the only child, the only Malfoy left that can get their name to be like the royal family again, kind of a thing. So he wasn't constipated. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would Moaning Myrtle help him out with? I mean, I, I think that's the great Whoa. thing is that he really... <laughs> He really is confided in, and Moni Myrtle is able to find this purpose oh. after life that isn't just ogling boys in the bathroom. Yeah. Like. On a more serious note, I'll say, though, I think 
we should have touched on it because Harry's essentially catching Draco at his weakest moment. And that's probably right. why he reacts the way that he does and fires a spell right away at him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know what happens from there, but right. Cause yeah. what 16 year old wouldn't be super embarrassed if their court, like their rival walked in on them crying in the bathroom. It's oh like yeah. That's the worst. Diary. Right. It's the worst thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. So I just want to say before, will this be our last email and then we'll save the next one for bonus MuggleCast? Yes. I think. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Micah, this is yes. a little bit longer, but I thought you might want to touch on it uh, from the Sectum Sempra scene. Yeah, it comes from Melissa. She says, hi, MuggleCast, as I'm listening to episode 416, uh, you're discussing the seer overheard and her following up on Draco three weeks post-accident and everything encompassing the Half-Blood Prince. Gave me a thought I hadn't thought of previously. How did Snape even create this spell in the first place? Not sure if this had ever been discussed before. Did Snape discover the spell on accident, or do you think it was something he was trying to formulate? And who did he have in mind when he created it, if the latter was the case? Is Snape weary to tell Harry he knows where he learned the spell because he originally created it with his father and godfather in mind, maybe? You have to assume it was created during his school years at Hogwarts when he was bullied, and they were at peak loathing for each other. The only, quote, enemies Snape probably had in mind. Just thinking, if that's the case, then Snape not telling Harry he knows where he learned that spell and out of him, and out himself as the Half-Blood Prince, besides necessary timing at the end, might also stem from the shock that a spell originally created with his father in mind was wielded by his son. Regardless, Snape is a bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> expletive, expletive. <laughs> Snape is a bag of dicks if he actually, <laughs> actually made a spell like that to use against another student. And it really adds more proof regarding his lack of remorse over being the catalyst for the for James's death. I know when I was younger, I would get so mad at my siblings and their teasing bullying, I would imagine beating them up, but I'd never go out of my way to impale them with a sword or anything. Mm. Thanks for reading and always making me delve deeper into the story, even after I thought I've covered everything. Let me know if you guys agree or disagree. I agree. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I think, I think, that's a good uh, conclusion to draw given where we at, where we're at in terms of telling this story. And um, it makes perfect sense to me that that would be for James, his worst rival. I mean, I, I think that's a pretty clever rival. Uh, addition is when for, for Snape to have written four enemies next to that spell, and then actually to consider that it was for his enemy, mm-hmm. James and Sirius, I think is a really cool way of, uh, reaching into that um but how did snape discover the spell i don't know i was just distracted by you filming i'm sorry i I figured oh great patreon content is like during the episode video video it so that that brief uh, how did he make the spell is that what you said yeah did he discover it with a bag of dicks (laughs) i seem to remember earlier in the book harry was having a conversation with lupin and lupin had mentioned how certain spells kind of come and go in terms of like fashion like being popular yeah and I, it may have been about levacorpus at yeah. the time yeah it was because he had just done it on ron <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> i don't know about sectum sever it could be a spell that he created himself i wouldn't put it past snape to have the ability to really do that right so and we know that luna's mom also makes her own spells which is how she died Mm-hmm. So maybe he, on, on top of with potions, he's just an amateur spellmaker as well. Yeah, that's a pretty severe. 
right. I spell think a, to cast on somebody. I think a part of it could be that, I mean, Voldemort at the time when Snape is in school is gaining more power and everything. I feel like it was Snape's end goal to always be a Death Eater. So he's probably trying to find a way to get to that top level in Voldemort's army to bring in a spell that he created that can cause the most damage to somebody who does go against the yeah, cause. Who would he have tested it on? That's another question. Mm. It's probably meant to test on James. That is a good question, yeah. Or like an animal? Yeah. I, I feel like, yeah, creating spell work has to be like, I know there's a joke to be made about it just being Latin. Like, if you just study Latin, you'll know your spells. But I think it really is like a, a creating a spell is like discovering a spell. Like you, you, you mutter words, you mutter, you find the incantation that does what you want it to. It does what you want it to, not because it's Latin, but because you've 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 sort of uncovered from the ether this secret that was already there. That's I think Lupin's point when he's talking about Levicorpus. He can't prove, and neither can Harry, that Levicorpus didn't exist before Lupin went to school. But I think the reaction of Snape though would lead you to believe that it was his spell. Like the fact mm -hmm. that he yeah. immediately yeah. tells Harry, you know, he gets into his mind and he sees the book. The, the reaction to me anyway would lead me to believe that he probably created it. I completely agree. Yeah. Okay, so we're gonna wrap it up there. In bonus MuggleCast, uh, we do have an email. What is what Muggle is this? Cast Muggle cast gold, bonus muggle cast gold, <laughs> premium, premium, premium. Uh, we're going to do a what if game using an email from one of our listeners, Danielle. Uh, we've been having fun with those on muggle cast, uh, bonus muggle cast recently, though, the what if segments. So we really appreciate your support on Patreon. It is what keeps the show moving. Unlike Wizarding World Gold, <laughs> we actually need this money to fund the show. And we, we do things with it, you know, that, you know, that, help keep the show going. It helps us prioritize MuggleCast in our lives. Um, the in exchange, show is free. The show is always It's yes. not behind the paywall. Absolutely. Yep, yep. Um, uh, after this, we are actually going to be signing a ton of album art. We're going to be spending the next couple of hours doing it. Um, and that is one of the benefits you will receive when you pledge at the Dumbledore's Army level or above. You will have to be a patron for uh, a couple of months in order to be eligible to receive it. But this is going to be fun to do because we have this new album art. The album art, you know, we hired an artist to do this thanks to your support. You know, it's just it's just a beautiful circle, the circle of life. You know, we're just putting your money back into this show. Um, so thank you for everybody for supporting us. Um, this, uh, uh, could MuggleCast reimburse the wine and the 75 cent Trader Joe's beer that Micah drank today. <laughs> yeah, all seven dollars incurred in uh, will be reimbursed to the MuggleCast account. Oh, thank God! Thanks, patrons. Uh, <laughs> is it time for quizzes yet? <laughs> yeah. Do you actually? Do you have a yeah, question? I have it. I have oh, it wow! Already. So uh, last week's question was: uh, although we did not get to the lightning struck tower uh, on this week's MuggleCast, I'm so looking forward to that. We got another two weeks now because yeah, we're off, off next week. Still wait. Oh, ah. Unbelievable. Um, but I'll go ahead and uh, and give the answer. Uh, the question was, which Death Eater refers to Dumbledore as Dumby? Seems a little weird. Uh, the answer was Amicus Caro. So Electo's husband, Amicus, uh, seems to be a little, I don't know, gleeful about Dumbledore. He mustn't have liked him very much. As I would have guessed Bellatrix. That seems like a Bellatrix thing. To yeah. Oh, Dumby, Dumby. Dumby, Dumby. It happens to be Amicus Caro. People who got the correct answer are Issy Marcantono. Uh, Marcantonio, 
Juliana Coughlin, Sarah, a.k.a. Weensy, Marlena, Laura, Catherine, Bluffy Nutters, Casper, Grindy, and Voldy. A man is disappointed. Oh. <laughs> that was formerly a man has no name. Uh, Gamer News Radio. Guess he doesn't like Game of Thrones. No, that's <laughs> anymore. Uh, uh, Samwise Potter, Super Mandy, Charlie Father of Dragons, Sarah Davis, Tara, Stacey Davis, Mandrake Patronus, and Harry Potterhead 7. So congratulations to seven everybody. What? Uh, just seven horcruxes mm-hmm. the harry potter had seven it says the full bio on twitter reads potterhead mm-hmm. well they have one follower so i'm gonna follow them they Aww. have two followers now nice. did you follow from your account or mobile cast um let me look back this is i do believe the caros are siblings aren't they not married Car- oh are they not married i think they're brother and sister you know now that you say that i bet that's probably right does anybody look that up while i do next week no, i think that's right that blows my mind. That's what Pat's here for. Because they're kind Pat of like checking. they behave kind why, of. Why did you, you said wife? Well, they beca- yeah because they or behave husband. they behave kind of incestuously, don't they? Like a little, it's a little like mm-hmm. uh, like after Electo gets kidnapped in the Ravenclaw room, her husband or I thought it was her husband. This was yeah, I'm pretty home. sure it's brother. I'm like, pretty sure the brother and sister comes looking for her because he's like she's gone. This is weird, and they like co-teach defense against the dark arts. This is blowing my mind. <laughs> um, do we have an answer? Yeah, it is. It is, they are brother and sister, okay. Electo and Amicus. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So clearly they're not married. That's my bad. That's okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, next week's question is: Save is, everybody from emailing. Since yeah. we didn't do a chat, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, we always want to cut down on our emails. Uh, since we didn't do a chapter this week, the next week's question is still about that same chapter, the Lightning Struck Tower. Where specifically do Dumbledore and Harry apparate to at the beginning of the chapter? That's I thought the question was going to be, how much will, will Wizarding World Gold cost? <laughs> Let us know your thoughts on that via Twitter as well. Yes. They have two weeks to answer your question. Yes, uh, it is Memorial Day here in America, so we are going to take that week off. So we'll save everybody in two weeks. In the meantime, follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. The username is MuggleCast. Posted a couple things to the Instagram story before recording today, so you could see us in action. And actually, we're probably going to post some more stuff as we're uh, signing album art and whatnot. So be a good time. And drinking Trader Joe's beer. Yes, yes. Only mm-hmm. the best for you, Micah. Thank you. I said, I'll what can I buy, videos Micah? videos of all three of them seductively closing an envelope. That's your job. Your job is to put the album art in the envelope. Yeah, we yeah but we'll have a video of you guys each licking the envelope. <laughs> no, they're self-adhesive, yeah, right? They're we can't lick those. Yeah, never mind, guys. Sorry. Guys. You ever see that episode of Seinfeld? I'm never doing that again. Oh, my God. That's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so social media, we'd love if you followed us on Instagram in particular because we just started that. Username is MuggleCast, and you'll get clips from the show no matter where. Social calls. media uh, magnates at uh, Jewel is, is, is killing it, really just killing it. Over there. Yeah, yeah, she's doing a great job. So um, thanks, everybody. Well, if you want to uh, call us, you can call this number internationally, by the way. You might have to pay, so be careful about that. But uh, the, the number is 19203-MUGGLE. That's 19203684453. And uh, the P.O. Box, MuggleCast, P.O. Box, uh, the address is 4044 North Lincoln Avenue, Box 144, here in Chicago, 60618. And then finally, MuggleCast at gmail.com, or use the MuggleCast form, on, the contact us form on the MuggleCast website. Okay. I need more wine. It's too early. I have to pee. all right well thanks everybody for listening (laughs) i'm andrew i'm eric i'm micah and i'm pat 
Go team! <laughs> <laughs> We're all high-fiving. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>